Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. It's cool, man. Just especially just being a part of it, the first, the first one, and, and to be, you know, able to compete with these guys, you know, Zach, Chauncey, and Tamika, you know, great opponents, and um, all the guys who were involved, Trey. I mean, everybody, Chris. I mean, it was just a fun, fun environment to, to be a part of, and um, give us all something to do, you know, in, in the time that uh, we're all just sitting around the house. That's Mike Conley right there. The Jazz Guard wins the horse championship. He beats Chauncey Billups and then Zach Levine in the final. So he wins, and all I can say, PK, is it's good to be ambidextrous because he'd go to his offhand, sort of, start draining 20 and 25-footers, and then the, uh, the other person had no chance. Well, I think the best thing is that Mike Conley managed to salvage something for the Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> the people sending out stuff on social media that he got revenge, a jazz man beating a bull. Revenge for 98. Yeah, comedy. Comedy, comedy, comedy. Donovan Mitchell appeared on Instagram Live with hip-hop star Fat Joe earlier this week. Asked about his relationship with Rudy Gobert. Mitchell responded, we ain't even going to talk about that. We moved on. I'm ready to hoop. I'm ready to hoop, man. I love my family, but I'm ready to get on the court and just get out there and play. So turning the page, not having any of it. I want to know, are we going to do this every day or do Dr. Fucci every day? Oh, I think we're going to do both. I don't kid yourself. I just don't have sound from Dr. Fauci today. I'll tell you play it. What? Give me a minute. The Dr. Fauci sound today. (laughs) Got to hear from Dr. Tufo. Tufo? Yeah. California high school star Jalen Green, the number one prospect in ESPN's top 100 rankings, is making the leap. And he's got a new pathway, the NBA, doing something a little different here. It's a G League initiative that will apparently pay him, or other elite prospects, a half million bucks plus and provide a one-year development program outside of the minor league's traditional team structure. So he won't he won't be on a team flying to Iowa and flying to Idaho and going to Reno and wherever else. Play a handful of games. Won't get worn down. Won't have to play older veteran guys in that league. Maybe have his value diminish. Green's fellow top prospect, Isaiah Todd, is expected to join Green in the program. Other prospects could follow suit. Now, if they ever get it ironed out with the Players Association, these guys could go straight into the draft out of high school. But in the meantime, instead of playing one year of college, they've got this pathway. And now, presumably, he's going to be able to sign a shoe and apparel contract here to make even more money. And I think a side benefit of this is these are the type of players that we've seen in the past uh, colleges do whatever it takes to get. And we've heard allegations of paying guys for home visits and paying people a hundred grand and blah, 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 and on and on and on. And those guys are supposed to be difference makers. And now it looks like a couple of difference makers aren't going to have any part of college at all. Okay, I got a lot of questions on this. A G League initiative. I have no idea what that means. I don't follow much of the G League. Who is doing this? What does a G League initiative mean? It, it Who's sounds this? like they are setting up a 
not even a team, but a program that is Who's sep- they? The league, the NBA. The G League and the NBA together. Like Rod Strickland has a role. I mean, people know him because he played. They're creating a new team in Southern California that will uh, that will adopt these guys. But they'll only play like a dozen games. They won't play a full G League schedule. And they'll get coaching, and they'll do one-on-one development, life skills, financial stuff, the whole spectrum of stuff that they presumably be, would be getting if they were with a team. But the thing they aren't going to have to do is grind on bus trips and short plane trips and play three times a week and the 60 games and all that kind of stuff. Why is that a grind? That's, that's called a schedule. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we act like that's a negative. Uh, apparently players and their parents and their agents and some combination of all of that and their AAU coach and whoever else think that that's not a great way to showcase their skills and could damage their value in the draft the following year. So they've been offered it. They haven't done it. And what they've done instead is gone to Australia, gotten really good money, only played part of the season and then shut it down and walk away. And so the NBA doesn't the NBA like that. NBA Players Association has no say over the G League? That's a good question. I do not know the answer to that. Because if they don't, then why not just let them go into the league in the first place? This is a league-sponsored thing. I don't understand it. Well, what, I, I What's think, the difference? I don't, I don't know the answer there, but what I would suspect is that the owners want something from the Players Association in exchange for lowering the draft age. And the players are like, no, you've shown your hand, you're going to lower the draft age. We're not giving it. And I, I haven't read what it is that they're bargaining over, but I know that the bargaining, which at one point seemed to be going smoothly, now you're reading stuff about, well, when they eventually get it hammered out, it's not clear to me what they're arguing over or debating. All I assume is the owners want the players to give something up, and the players aren't willing to give it up. And Wait, I don't know what so, that is. Well, what What's to stop the pl- the owners from drafting these players in the first place? What are, what are the players going to do? What legal contract do they have that allows them to have a binding agreement that forces the league not to draft an 18-year-old? Well, it's just the owners not wanting to. I mean, they've set this rule, and so the owners aren't doing it because I assume I assume they could do what you're saying if they wanted but they don't want because they want something from the Players Association. But I don't know what that is. I mean, that's just me guessing. Well, what do they need to draft an 18-year-old? No, nothing if they just wanted to draft him, but they don't. They want to get something back from the players in negotiations. I think. Who's I for? Who's against drafting 18-year-olds? The owners and the yeah, commissioner. The NBA currently, yeah. And now they're willing to be flexible on it. But David Stern made a big thing about that, you know, I don't know what it was, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And so now, presumably, if they're going to go back, they want something from the players' union. And I think the players' union is like, I think they're basically taking the attitude you are. Draft 18-year-olds, draft 18-year-olds. Why should we bargain anything away for that? Sounds like you want to do it, so go ahead and do it. Well, yeah. Well, then they don't have to give anything away. That'll never. You'll never get to that point. Then I, why would the players give up something I, if you want to draft eighteen-year-olds? What do we care? I'm with you. Draft I, them. I think that's what so they're the, saying. This will never. If this is an issue, it's never going to get resolved. That could well be. I mean, we got. This is me guessing here and just reading as this thing came out here in the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours that. There was something to be bargained, and they didn't spell out in any of the stories I read what it was. So I think you're right, and I think that's the wall they've run up against. The players are not motivated to bargain. Uh, the players are saying what you're saying. You want to draft an 18-year-old? 
Knock yourself out. It's your rule. We didn't like it in the first place. And maybe the owners at some point will come to the thought that, hey, we do, we do want to draft these 18-year-olds, and these guys aren't going to give us anything, so we'll just, we'll just go ahead and do it. But it doesn't sound like they've gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I don't see this G League initiative working very well. Players I go to a, college yeah. so they can be stars. Not stars on the court, but that the, the reason why people choose the University of Arizona is because there's 14,000 75-year-olds in the stands. And so when you come out of the tunnel, they cheer for you, and the band is playing, and the cheerleaders are dancing and doing their thing. You're never going to get this here. You're going to get at Redondo Beach High, where they used to play. I don't know if that's where they still play the South Bay Lakers stuff, but that's where they used to play it. And that's where they used to have the Summer League. And no one's going to be there. Who cares? Right, but I think the difference is that he's getting $500,000 and the ability to sign a shoe and apparel contract for whatever he can get in one year there, and that's just way more money than he would make going to whatever elite program and getting whatever under-the-table payment he could get. Right. So you're going to have two or three of these guys. Yep. Yeah. There's not going to be 12 guys who are worth $500,000. I agree. You're not going to be able to form a team of elite. There's never 12 kids coming out of high school who are going to be all that. It never happens. And so I, there's not going to be enough guys. And in time, they'll realize this is a dumb idea. Yeah, you can get one or two guys or maybe three. I understand that. But you're not going to be able to get a whole team. You're going to yep. have – it's going to be like a triple-A. You'll have two or three prospects and then 22 other guys on a team, and you've got 15 of those teams that are just roster fillers so they have somebody to play against. Right. I, and I think that's largely so that's, it's, it's the not model. going to fly. That's largely the model the G League has right now. And I think that this is, I think you're right, I think this is totally a stopgap. I would think in a couple years that these 18-year-olds are just going to get drafted. There isn't going to be a G League initiative. The rule will get changed. Whatever is going on with the collective bargaining will get ironed out, even if that's the owners just deciding to change the rule and not getting anything back. But whatever, and in a couple years, I don't think we'll be reading about this. I think we'll be reading about 18-year-olds getting drafted. Well, even that's two, that's two different things. Even if the rule of 18-year-olds is not drafted for the next 100 years, this thing still isn't going to work. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He's the best guy in the draft. Do I think he's as good as, say, Andrew Luck? No. Is he John Elway? No. But he's the best guy in the draft. And and, and I, when I did a poll of 27 teams in the league, 23 had him ahead of uh, Tua. And that's with Tua totally healthy. That right there is one of the Kinahan clan, PK's cousin, Charlie Cassidy. He's your cousin, right? Or uncle? Cousin. Uh, my father, uh, my uh, my grandmother, uh, it, her maiden name is Casserly. So, yes, he's a cousin. He's, a, he's not a first cousin, but he's a cousin. My grandmother, Kinahan, her maiden name is Casserly. Charlie Casserly, longtime NFL executive. Assessing the state of quarterbacks in the draft, Joe Burrow. He's not John Elway. Well, so few people are, so there's that. But he's the best guy in the draft, and he says Burrow was in front of Tua even before Tua got hurt. So Burrow go number one. He doesn't expect anything crazy when the draft starts. Not at number one, no. 
NFL still plans to release its 2020 schedule on May 9th based on a full season. Link sources told ESPN's Chris Mortensen adjustments to the schedule will be made as and if necessary, the source said. Multiple contingencies remain in discussion by the league. No surprise there. They get a ton of pub out of releasing the schedule, so they'll get it. And then they'll get another ton of pub and be the story again when they Do, do I need sources on that? Yes. Can you give me a source to tell me which direction the sun sources. is rising this morning? Sources. Denver Broncos star Von Miller tested positive for the coronavirus. He told Nine News in Denver, It's crazy. I have to be quarantined here at the house. There's not really any medicine or anything like that. Dr. Garrity told me, If my breathing changed... Well, honestly, I'm, I'm still new to this. This is like an hour since I learned I tested positive. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'll tell you what, I'm in good spirits. I'm still Von. I'm not feeling sick or hurting or anything like that. So apparently it's uh, kind of a Donovan Mitchell asymptomatic. Jags, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette went to social media and said he wanted the team to sign free agent quarterback Cam Newton in an effort to upgrade the roster. Cam went to the Super Bowl, Fournette said. He's a great guy. I've been knowing Cam for a minute now, and like I told some people to talk to me, it's no disrespect to Garner Minshew. I'm just trying to get in the best position as a team as we can to win. That's what it's all about, just friendly competition, because that brings out the best in people. Waiting for Cam Newton to land somewhere, either as a backup or with a chance to compete. This would look like one of the better chances for him to compete, unless the, the Jags are completely locked in on the former Washington State quarterback. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. It's harder to do it at the collegiate level without students because one can't really exist without the other. So this is really a comprehensive plan now where it it has to be in lockstep. So many football programs have existed as their own model, and those that have existed as their own business model are struggling right now. Those that have been intertwined with the university are going to get through this a lot quicker. That's Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly right there talking about the future of college football and college athletic departments. You know what he's getting at with the whole intertwined with the university? The university is getting a university writing a check to support him? I don't know what he means by intertwined. Big words. USC quarterback JT Daniels has entered his name in the transfer portal, Coach Clay Helton said. Daniels was lost for the season in the 2019 opener, tearing his ACL. Kadon Slovis emerged to become the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. In a statement, Helton did not rule out Daniels' return to the team. They also had Matt Fink play a little bit, so three quarterbacks there at USC and JT Daniels. Looks like he wants to see if he can be a starter somewhere, PK. See, this is where he should be. The NCAA should step in and allow him to be immediately eligible. Now, they're talking about that rule, and I've spoken to a couple people, and I think that's going to pass anyway. So the kid has to be, uh, he'll likely be immediately eligible because of this rule. But even without this rule, this injury occurred in the first game of the season, right? So he basically had to stay there, and he didn't play. I mean, he only played at... what was it, uh, uh, even uh, less than a handful of series before he went down, right? And so he has to stay because he's got to get the medical stuff. But he didn't play 
99.9% of the season last year. So in my mind, they should allow him to count that as the redshirt season because he didn't play. He missed virtually the entire season. Now, I realize he wasn't established in residency and all this jargon that you have to have in order to be eligible at another school. But the fact that he didn't play and he needed to be at SC because those that's where the medical people were that were treating him, so he couldn't leave. But the NCAA needs to step in and say, well, you, do, you already sat out a season last year because of your injury. We're not going to make you sit out another season if you transfer. The common sense would be benefit for the kid, male or female, any situation, because of what happened so early. You know, if it happens in the last game of the season, it's another story. But it happened in the first game of the season. He sits out the whole year. He should be immediately eligible. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. And if they change the rule, then it'll automatically happen. But otherwise, you start uh, applying for waivers, and uh, then it gets crazy, and who knows. And you're right, he played less than half. He got hurt right before halftime of that Fresno State game. I mean, he barely did anything at all. And technically, that was probably before they started school. He could have just transferred and been out of there. Except, like you say, he needed access to all the medical people to have the surgery and rehab after tearing his ACL. Georgia football staff member Jeremy Klosky, who was hospitalized for six weeks while fighting COVID-19, was released from the hospital. 32 years old, he was a video coordinator. He'd been in the ICU. Had to be sedated and all of that, but he is out, so good news there. DJ and PK, what is trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Locke, radio voice for the Utah Jazz, joins us at 8 o'clock. John Clayton, Washington Post contributing columnist, radio host on 710 ESPN in Seattle, will join us at 9 o'clock to talk about the draft and all the local prospects and where they might go. We'll talk with John Clayton at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Trevor Booker is with us. What was it like playing for Quinn Snyder? Quinn is great, you know. We still keep in touch to this day. He's definitely the, the smartest coach and my favorite coach that I've played for. He's such a detailed coach, and I think that's what's missing from the game these days. Coaches, trainers, they aren't detailed. They give everything in a broad spectrum. Quinn, you know, he takes the time to explain and break down everything, you know, that he's thinking on the court just so we can see it from his perspective. That goes a long way, you know, especially with younger players, you know, just learning the game. But also helping the veterans out because a lot of the veterans that come to the team, you know, haven't been coached that way. Some of the veteran players that came to the team, you know, can attest to that. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Had Joe Ingles on in the show yesterday, and it got replayed uh, on the shows throughout the day. It's up at 1280thezone.com, so many of you have uh, probably heard it there, heard it live, or heard it on one of the other shows. But uh, Joe basically gave us a definitive with kind of a tired sound in his voice, like, I've been on the calls, everybody's good, it's fine, we've moved on. But people continue to worry about uh, Donovan and Rudy and will they get along. And uh, Jeff tweets at us, we probably ought to hear it from Spider D. Mitchell, who's been conspicuously quiet. 
seeking out of Utah, and this can be his excuse, question mark. So, some people well, just won't we have heard it. from Fat Joe, and then we had uh, heard from appropriately weighted Joe. So we got the two Joes going on there, and they sort of balance each other Got out. You got Fat Joe over here, and you got the appropriate weight Joe, right? And Donovan spoke with the appropriate, no, he spoke with Fat Joe, and he said that he didn't want to talk about it. So what do, what do we want from Mitchell? We, we want him to get on television or some type of social media video people i'm cool i promise you should we have some type of scripture where he has to place his right hand and have his other arm (laughs) raised to the square and give the truth and nothing but the truth here we've had multiple things now and joe ingles is on the inside right and that seems to me he's a guy that appeals to everybody in the locker room and not everybody appeals to everybody it just doesn't work that way right well joe is one of these guys who is a magnet because he tries to keep things loose and he gets along with people you know he said he had uh, the jersey of one former teammate and that teammate was jay crowder uh, you know well, what would he have had in common with jay crowder jay crowder wasn't there that long but yet jay crowder obviously liked joe and vice versa so i think joe is attracting to people so he can what i'm getting at is he's like in the center of the locker room so to speak he can appeal to all different forms and he is not going to say anything that isn't true he's not going to put himself out there why why bother you don't have to if you don't believe it so he believes it so now we've had different we've had like three people gobert said what he said last week Mitchell's saying what he's saying with the Fat Joe thing, and I know he went on Good Morning America a few weeks back, and then you got Joe. So enough talk. I don't need to hear from management. I don't need to hear from anybody else. What I want to do is I want to see. I don't want to hear. I want to see. So at some point, hopefully sooner than later, whenever that time comes, they're going to get back out on the floor. These guys are under contract unless they make a trade. And with that in mind, then we'll be able to see. We don't have to hear. We'll be able to see. And I've reached the point where I don't want to hear anything more. I want to see it. Well, I think there's two things you can see that would put this to bed, even among the you know most worried jazz fan. One is that they both sign new contracts. Because if they both sign new contracts, then it's like, well, okay. Uh, as, as one of our listeners said, uh, Ryan tweeted at us, professionally cordial. They're not buds at all. Otherwise, Don would have said something. Well, professionally cordial is all you have. You know, they're not buds. I mean, people already have family and they already have friends. So really, professionally cordial is all you need. And if you got that, away you go. If they sign new contracts, then I don't think there's anything left to say. And so that is... You know, 15 months-ish away, depending if they change the NBA calendar or not. And then the second thing is what you just said. Well, if they go out and they play well and they win, then who cares about anything else? That's what you want, whether guys are kind of friendly, really friendly. They all go out to dinner. Some of them go out to dinner. You know, if they win night after night, who knows who ate dinner with the Bulls, right? I guess maybe we'll find out in the documentary. Maybe they'll have video from meals and we'll find out what happened. But who cares? Chicago loved the Bulls because they kept walking off the court winners. So when they get back to playing, if they win, that's great. And I do think, and we've talked about this earlier, and I think you think too, that the Jazz have a huge decision here. Rudy's coming up on the Supermax, 
the summer after this one in 2021. And do they want to commit to that kind of money and that kind of years? Can you win with four shooters and a big guy, or do you need five three-point shooters on the floor to win? If they sign them, are they capping themselves as a four or five seed? And they got to decide that over the next 15 months. And obviously, if they get to play more games and more playoff series, it'll be a lot easier to figure out what their ceiling might be, what the missing part might be, what the problem is. You know, if you don't win at all and you get beat, then you can try and figure out what the problem is and, and why you came up short. And it can be your bench or this star player or that star player or not having enough shooting or rebounding or defense or whatever. They got to figure that out. So I don't know that, you know, well, these guys aren't going to get along for the long run. Well, you know, depending on how the basketball goes over the next 15 months, who knows? One thing that's been triggered by this we haven't talked about, but I've read stories that other NBA teams are doing their job, the other GMs are doing their job, and they're calling and inquiring about both guys. Now, probably most of the offers suck. There was a time when, you know, Kirilenko was young, breakout on his rookie contract and flying around, and... There was some trade rumor about it, and Kevin O'Connor laughed and said, yeah, I have trade talks all the time about Andre Kirilenko. It consists of guys trying to pick my pocket and offering me a collection of second-round draft picks. So, yeah, we have trade talks. They're ridiculous, and I'm not doing them, but, yeah, we're having them because these guys, that's their job to pick my pocket. So just because they're getting calls, who knows how serious they are, but, you know, along the way, maybe there'll be some awesome offer. All of that has to be played out. This is just life in the NBA. Okay, I'm not uh, hung up on the contracts. I mean, Paul George signed a contract, and he's gone a year later. Russell Westbrook signed a contract. He's gone. Nolan Arenado of the Rockies signed a contract last year, and uh, a year later he's complaining, and they're going back and forth. He's lost respect for the management. So the signing of the contract just means you're guaranteed money. doesn't mean you're guaranteed to stay in city a b or c so i i'm not caught up in the contract deal because we've seen stuff with contracts that can just change uh so soon and so quickly after it's signed it's about uh whether that the, the jazz decide that this is what they want and that was going to be a decision that they were going to have to make and anytime a contract is up you have to decide do you want to keep that player it's just the reality. Every single contract, as it comes to its conclusion, you have to decide whether you want that player or not. And they've offered guys contracts, and that's, when I say they, I'm speaking generally, and you know they have to offer them by this amount of date in order to be a restricted free agent and whatnot. And then you find out uh, there shortly thereafter, at some point thereafter, well, he doesn't want to be here. We don't want him here, whatever that means. So I'm not that caught up on the contract. And it's more about the decision of whether uh, these guys are the right fit for everybody. By these guys, I mean seven, eight, nine, ten players on the team that are the major players of the rotation, whatever they may be, a given team. And so that's what they're going to have to decide. Because if the Jazz decide, no, these are our guys, man, and we're going in this direction, and you two – you know, so certainly Mitchell, he can't go anywhere because uh, he got to be a restricted free agent first. And he's 23 years old, so he's got another several years before he is totally free if that's what he chooses. And they've got plenty of time there to smooth over whatever. And it could be a little bit of a thing of a parental thing, too. Just, I'm using this as an extreme example. You've got two brothers who are fighting, so you put them in a room and say, guys, work it out. 
and uh, they probably work it out. And that's what I would suspect would happen if it came to that. I'm not saying it's going to come to that. But it's more about the management decision, decide who are our guys, are these our guys, do we need to go in another direction? And then if they do, we'll see movement. If not, you'll see those two remain on the team for a good while. You can tweet at us, hit us up with your takes. David DJ James on Twitter, DJ and PK on uh, Facebook. Uh, Joe, Joe Beagley, on our Facebook page says... All Joes believe in Joe. So he's sticking with his brother Joe. Trust in Joe. Well, that's my middle name, so I believe in Joe. Nice. Matt says, in Joe we trust. So for Matt, hearing it from Joe, and I I don't think just Joe's saying it. I think the tone he said it in. So tired. Guys, I've been on the Zoom calls. It's fine. Yak, you want to crank it up for the people? He'll, uh, He'll play it here. Um, Rusty, however, it's not enough for Rusty. Rusty wants to see Donovan talk about it on TV and see his face. Look into his eyes. Joe's tone isn't enough. Here, here's Joe. From what I know, and I feel like I know a fair bit of what's going on with our team, being a piece of, of the roster and being in a group chat and all that, I'd be, like I said, on the Sam Amix podcast however many weeks ago, that was like maybe three weeks ago or something, when it was so unsalvageable, I said that our team would be completely fine, I was confident in that, and people, <laughs> I had a lot of tweets like, oh, if Joe thinks it's, it's all good, then it will be all good, and I'd be even more confident now saying that we're going to be totally fine. I was confident back then saying it, otherwise I obviously wouldn't have said it. I'm not going to say something I don't believe in. I thought it back then, however many weeks ago. They obviously had a little bit of a frustration there. I think everyone in the situation was frustrated at different things, not Rudy. My frustration was like getting home to my family. I wanted to be here with my family. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anyone in our team. I didn't speak to anyone in our team for the first 10 days, two weeks, because I was one and only concern was, was my family and making sure they were okay and making sure the kids were, were healthy and obviously me kind of stick staying away from them to maybe if I if I had it or didn't have the symptoms or whatever the, the things to be. So I think there was frustration from everyone's part in, in different ways and different feelings. But they've spoken, we've all spoken, we've been in group chats, we're going to be fine. Uh, I don't know the histories and all of it. We could maybe sit down off camera or off radio one day and we'll, we'll have a big chat about it and I'll write it in my notes and see what I can do to, to help it all. But yeah, we'll be fine. There's Joe Ingalls. Now, Snowman tweets at us uh, without hearing that, only having seen the tweet. Uh, he says, indication of the current times, I initially thought you were referring to Joe Exotic. Tiger King. I don't know what he's talking about. Joe Exotic's and Tiger King, that's all I know. I haven't no, I know that, but yeah. I don't know. Well, what, just because I didn't put Ingalls, I just, I just said, you know, Joe talked with DJ and PK, and so the first time he read Joe, he thought of Joe Exotic. He didn't think of Joe Ingalls. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll put that to bed till the next time something flares up here while there are no games. Somebody writes something about some trade rumor. And then it will rear its head again. Other than that, we have beaten that into the ground. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean that, that that's the the the, the rela- beating in the ground the relationship, but the issue of do you want to resign Gobert? 
that hasn't even barely gotten started, actually. And, you know, that was going to be a topic to a degree in the coming months. You know, we didn't think it'd be much of a topic right now because we thought that uh, we'd be uh, gearing up for playoff either for us Saturday or Sunday for, you know, 75% of the season, right? That's what we were anticipating. That's what we were looking forward to. And the playoffs would have begun tomorrow. And we were going to be jacked up about it because I think that uh, when you look at the sports in our community, the number one thing, and it's not even close <laughs> in our community, <laughs> is jazz playoffs. There is nothing that supersedes jazz playoffs when it comes to sports in our community. The thing not that is, the Olympics for that one-shot <laughs> deal, not anything in college football. It is jazz playoffs, and it's not even close. I know what second is, but it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that gets our folks the most excited is the jazz postseason. I really, really believe that. I've seen it. I've been on the plaza doing shows, and you, we've all been there. We've been in the arena. The electricity is incredible. Uh, and they unfurl the banner that goes from the top or from the bottom to the top, you know, and it covers a whole section, multiple sections. And you can just feel like, particularly when they go out on the road to start the playoffs and they gain a split. And then when you have that and they're coming home and they have that home court then and, they, and everybody knows there's an opportunity to go up 3-1 because the next two games are in your building and you go up 3-1, you know, obviously the chances of you winning that particular series goes up. Uh, exponentially we've seen it uh particularly a couple years back with oklahoma city because that was such an emotional series it seems like every five minutes guys were getting into some kind of scrapes or at least bumping shoulders you know we all know that we remember that gail miller goes in the locker room afterwards she doesn't do that very often if at all does that then and it was so exciting i mean it was such a great time and it was fresh and it was new they hadn't been in the playoffs i realized they had been the year before but you know this group uh, and it didn't turn out to anything because uh, what's-his-face there uh, decided he needed to go to a bigger market and steal money from Boston. So, uh, But still, there's nothing bigger than the postseason. And we were all excited about that, whether it was going to be at home or out on the road. And it was going to probably start tomorrow or Sunday at the latest. And we don't have that. And it's, a, it's another stark reminder of uh, what we're dealing with and the reality of the situation. So we weren't focused on whether the Jazz were going to sign Gobert. It wasn't the time to be focused. Well, now we don't have any games, so we can change our focus a little bit. But I do think that's going to be something that's going to be discussed next season. And, yeah, of course they might re they're going to receive trade offers. Have they made bad trades? Has Dennis Lindsay made a bad trade? I'm trying to think. Anything come to mind? Where's the trade that really uh, – maybe trading up to get uh, Trey Burke? Trey Burke? Yeah, would that be the, the worst thing you can think of? Well, Trey Burke didn't, uh, didn't amount to anything, that's for sure. What did they trade up to? Uh, what was that? I'd have Help to go out here. I'd have to go back and look. I, I want to. Tenth. I want to say he ballpark was yeah about ten, give or take up. But I'd have to look. I don't know it off the top of my head. I think they traded up about ten spots, but maybe not that far. Okay. I'll have to go back and look. Well, that moves that move sucked. But then on the other hand, when you're trading up to get two all stars, <laughs> you're trading not, up. To, uh, yeah, right. You're trading in. I guess you're not trading up. You're trading in, and you got two all stars out of that. Well, you go two for three to that degree, and you'll take that every time. 
But to your point, if they make a trade, it's probably pretty good. The deals they've made from finding guys uh, who are free agents, like Joe, signing free agents, or acquiring guys, it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well. Even the workouts they've had with those guys from the G League and whatnot have yielded Royce O'Neal. All right, DJ and PK, David Locke's coming up at 8 o'clock. We can run some of this by him. Uh, coming up next, what would you watch? And we've got, uh, we got a guy looking for recommendations. I haven't seen it, but maybe some of you have. We can run that by you next. DJ and PK, stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Dirk Face for Desert News. Draft-wise, kind of give us your thought on how many Utah players you could see being drafted. You know, that's a good question because, I mean, it looks like it's obviously going to be a banner year for the years as far as uh, getting guys drafted. You know, it's uh, probably not unreasonable to think that there could be as many as 10. And as crazy as it sounds, I mean, a dozen youths could end up in NFL camps this fall if we have football, obviously. But, uh, you know, as far as a pecking order. Jalen Johnson looks like the the first guy that'll go. Bradley and I, Lucky Foe, too, are right up there. So it could be a real good year for the years. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Time for what did you watch last night? Or what are you watching now? Or what are you going to watch this weekend? Best thing I saw was probably on social media. It's, uh, it's going viral. That kid playing the office theme in uh, 10 different genres. The country version, the jazz version, the metal version. On down the line, he put out the TikTok video. Well, I'm just flipping through. If, it, if we didn't have all this time for musicians to not go on tour, well, this was a kid. I don't think he would have been touring. He looked pretty young. So there you go. I am binge watching The Office, yes, near the end of season six. Also got a question here, PK. I don't know if you saw it. It debuted yesterday, but Steph Curry helped produce a documentary on the guy who invented, I guess, popularized, invented the jump shot. Kenny Sailors, a Wyoming basketball player. Up until he shot the jump shot, it was all set shots revolutionizing basketball. So Steph Curry uh, helped put this together, and it's available uh, online. It just premiered this weekend. So some people may have watched it yesterday. I haven't seen it, but maybe that'll be something to kill some time this weekend. You know anything about Kenny Sailors? I don't know. I did not know about that. Uh, I did not know he invented or popularized or revolutionized the jump shot. Uh, To me, it's something that uh, I have taken for granted I did not know that uh, anybody is the first originator of it. Uh, I suppose if I came across it, I might want to be interested in that. I could see myself uh, checking that out. It's a little bit of a history there, and uh, the more history you can learn, probably the better, particularly now. I mean, obviously, if it would be the regular time of year that we have going on, our regular routine tomorrow morning, I would go to the gym, and uh, I would come home. I'd get there probably about 8 o'clock, and I'd come home, and I'd turn on the television, and I'd be watching NBA playoffs. And depending on when the Jazz were playing and where they were playing, that would determine my day. I would build that around that. And we would be doing that for the next uh, hopefully several weeks. (laughs) But uh, we don't have that right now. And uh, so we're back to, you know, for us, just thinking about this, you know, we, we did the show for a number of years where at this point in time, 
there were no jazz games because the season was over. And so it was up to us to come up with topics. So this is really no different in that way. And it's just it's like it's the same thing. Now, we did have other sports going on, obviously, but we didn't. The two big things in our market are college football and the jazz. Well, when the jazz were in the rebuilding phase, we didn't have local jazz, obviously, and then college football had ended. Spring ball is always over by now. So locally, we've been through this many times. This is really no big deal for you and I and for the guys at our station. We've This is something that we had learned to do for, what, five years in a row this time of year, right? Obviously, we'd rather have the playoffs. But so we'll get by and we'll we'll be just fine that way for us as far as stuff to talk about because we've already been there, done that, and we'll create stuff just like we did uh, before. There'll be stuff out there. There always is. Next week is the draft. Tonight's the WNBA draft. I mean, come on. Think about it. Next week we got draft stuff. There's going to be all sorts of Utes that are going to go, and then there'll be uh, some Aggies, and then obviously Cougars and as far as being the free agent guys who get picked up uh, right at the end within the first hour or two of the third day of the draft, right? And they're still doing the three-day deal, aren't they? Right? Correct. The way yeah. they've been doing it, they didn't change that. I realize they're just not going to have it in Vegas. It's going to be done in a different manner. But the, the format beyond that, the actual drafting of the players with the first round, all that stuff will remain the same. We'll have John Clayton on in an hour to talk about that. Uh, so we'll be fine there. I did watch the horse stuff last night. I mean, I watched it all. Yeah, I watched I it too. I sat down. I got booted by tablet because there was a certain family sing-along on ABC that my wife was like, you go do your thing. We're so there's some this. Disney thing? The ABC put on a Disney family sing-along with I had a friend songs. tweeting about that. Donnie Osmond was part of it. Yeah, Donnie Osmond was all over that. He's been on that. I follow him on Twitter and, and on Instagram. Uh, so he's a real good dude. So, yeah, I, I was aware of that. But my wife, she watched it too. And it, the thing about it for her, she didn't know who the players are that uh, there were the participants. And she really didn't know anything about Mike Conley beyond the fact that she didn't like the way he played early in the season. But you get to see him in a more re- relaxed, loose environment. And she came away impressed with him. Obviously, the guy is super intelligent. He's got a his voice is really good. It reminds me of Scotty G's. Just a really good sounding voice. And uh, he's got a future if he wants that broadcasting stuff or really literally whatever he wants. Or if he wants to just sit at home and look at his bank statements, he could probably do that, too, because he's been making a ton of money. But just to see him out there and to see him talk with the people and uh, who was it? Mark Jones doing the interviewing and and, you know, it, it, they stretched it out a little bit. Not as painful as the lottery selection where it should be a five minute thing that they stretch out for an hour. Uh, so she enjoyed just uh, seeing him and watching him talk about stuff, whatever it might be, and then watching him laugh. And then you had uh, Levine there for the Bulls, and he's up in Seattle, and it's classic. The weather looks crappy. <laughs> it looked terrible. <laughs> At one point, we're watching. Was it snowing? The quality, him? that's what we were saying in the it's video. Raining. I'm like, something's going on there. Is that like raining or snowing? I mean, if it were ash from a volcanic eruption, we'd know what it is, right? But the, the thing's so grainy, you can't tell what's going on. You're just like, I don't know what is exactly the deal there, except that Mike Conley has a huge advantage because he's indoors. 
Yeah, well, Zach was uh, outside. I, I assume it was his, what he had at his home or somebody's home or something. Uh, it was typical Seattle weather, and it looked like it was raining. Uh, so I ended up watching all of it, as goofy as it was. I watched it Sunday. I watched it last night. It was not gripping, but what the heck. I watched it, and uh, I was rooting for Conley. I was rooting for Conley to get down H-O-R-S and then have this stunning come from behind so I can say that he salvaged the thing. I really wanted to use the word salvage uh, because that's what we heard. The relationship was unsalvageable. Uh, and you gotta, it's got to be really bad to have a relationship that's unsalvageable uh, in any situation. Uh, but uh, I decided, nah, I'll lay off that. And to have him win and put that to bed, it doesn't mean anything, but it was something. So that was the extent of my television. Then I listened to some music uh, from what? It was over about 9 o'clock or so, right? I listened to some music, and then I went to bed. Spinning the ball on your finger and then bumping it with a fist off the backboard and in, that's, that's barely even a shot. That was the most creative thing I thought he threw out there. I, I like the over the, the backboard and in, but that was the, the spin on the finger was even more creative. Yeah, and I thought Levine, if we're going to break it down, or is it Levine? I never knew back to when he played at UC Los Angeles. Is it Levine or Levine? Uh, this, this kid is wildly athletic. It didn't seem like he wanted to use his athleticism there. Uh, and I don't know how you do that with horse uh, when Conley's just going to make you shoot with your left hand all day long. <laughs> uh, but he should have he should have taken control. I thought that I thought the game plan for Zach wasn't nearly as good, and he comes back next year. I hope he learns from it. He can really make some significant growth individually in horse. DJ and PK, David Locks coming up next. John Clayton is talking NFL. Washington Post contributing columnist, host on seven ten ESPN Seattle. He'll be here at nine o'clock. David Locke at eight. That's next. We'll talk to David on ninety seven five at twelve eighty the zone.